Tired of asking why? Welcome to the Unresolved Life Podcast, where we are answering life's most difficult questions. Now, here's your host, Teresa Blaze. Welcome to the Unresolved Life Podcast. I'm Teresa Blaze, and today I've got Miss Michelle Saunders Gutch with me from Altered Stories Ministries. An interesting name. Why is she here? Well, we'll get to that in a minute. But first, you guys know the drill. I think you've been with me for a little bit, right? A little bit of housekeeping. Unresolved news still going. Uh, there will be an article. Well, there is an article up. And there's plenty of content for you guys to peruse through. You know, I, I've started it because I believe in seeking the truth behind the headlines. Because, face it, I believe that uh, the mainstream, lamestream, and fake stream media is lying to us. That's what they do. And God's called me to expose the truth, and uh, I do that to the best of my ability. So go check that out. Also, the Lord has laid upon me to resume a ministry that Mike and I started a few years ago. If you want to go check out what we were doing back then, uh, you can check out socialhazardradio.com. Social hazard? What is a social hazard? Well, for a small hint, check out Romans chapter 12, verses 1 and 2. I'll give you some more details as we get closer to launch. But I think that's about it for housekeeping. So with that, Michelle, welcome to the podcast. Well, good morning, Teresa, and Happy New Year. And thank you so much for the honor and the privilege to be able to be on your podcast. Well, it's an honor to have you. What brings you to this podcast today? How did you get here? Oh, it's quite a God journey. Um, what's interesting is I was interviewed by Eric Nevins on his podcast, Halfway oh, There. Oh, the Halfway There podcast. I know that Yes. Well. I was so intrigued, of course, with the whole podcast community, too. And I joined the Christian Podcasters Association, and through that, was able to make the connection to your podcast. And then, mm -hmm. of course, I was actually looking for guests for my podcast. And, you know, you're, you came highly recommended, too. Well, I'll tell you that, that I consider that a high honor uh, coming from Eric, because um, I respect mm -hmm. his work deeply. Uh, which, by the way, guys, if you want another podcast, I mean, come on, if you're listening to my podcast, you must love have, having other people get into your earbuds. If you're looking for another podcast to listen to, to go check out the Halfway There podcast. It's worth your time. You know, I don't agree with every guest that he brings on, but I do walk away with something to, to chew on. Guys, I'll be sharing when, when that podcast goes live, I'll be sharing it on the social channels and on the media page on Unresolved Life. So that being said, let's step back. And how did you come to know God? And then beyond that, how did altered stories come to be? I came to know God when I was five years old, when I was exposed to faith through my mom. And my mom was a Catholic who converted to a personal relationship with Jesus Christ through the Billy Graham crusade. And as a result of that, she started exposing at that time, my brother and I. And so we started going to church with her. My dad did not go to church with her, but she was going to church. And I accepted Jesus Christ in Sunday school. 
at a church we were going to in Providence, Rhode Island. It's a Christian Missionary Alliance Church. That's kind of where my story of salvation came in. But you said that your dad did not go to church. So was he not a believer at that time? At that time, my dad was really not interested in any kind of Christianity. He grew up in the Church of Christ in their beliefs a little different than your traditional evangelical Christian um, beliefs. But anyway, my dad was kind of forced uh, to go to church and it was um, more something he did for show. So he was really not into, you know, anything with regards to Christ. I mean, was your home basically the basic Christian home then? No, not at all. Um, As far from it, I think, in terms of the head of the home, you know, your dad and your mom being united and going to church together and, you know, your dad being the leader, spiritual leader, or, you know, your parents partnering in it. No, not at all. It was definitely driven by my mom uh, in terms of spiritual leadership. And my dad was okay with that. He was okay with just letting her do her thing. I mean, he was pretty self-absorbed into his own career. He was uh, in the Air Force and served. And, you know, he was traveling some away from home and just do, did the work that he was doing. And then he went overseas several times. But he kind of gave my mom the freedom and liberty to do what she needed to do. He just didn't want to be part of it. How was your relationship with him? Well, believe it or not, it was very, I mean, it's very, very good. Um, I always have had a very good relationship, father-daughter relationship with my dad. We were very close. He just didn't engage in the family at a spiritual level. I mean, he was there in all other areas, but just didn't seem to have an interest in shepherding or leading our our family in that way. He was okay with others going to church and letting us do that, like I said, but not. So he was okay with the religion of it and he was okay with you practicing it, but then, but don't try and push it on him. That is exactly right. Interesting. Okay. So how did you go from that type of home environment to a ministry dealing with altered stories? I was very turned off by Christianity as a result of decisions that were made. My mom, of course, not being discipled the way I believe she should have been and not having the support the way I feel she should have had the support uh, needed in her Christian journey made some unfortunate decisions, which kind of put our family in a really not so great place. I want to kind of I want to kind of press into that because I can actually relate to that growing up in the sense of uh, my family were not believers. I became a Christian when I was 15, but I had no sense of discipleship, no sense of learning until a year and a half later. I literally was learning off of the radio and having to muddle through, well, what's true and what's not. So I want to press into that a little bit. How did not having any kind of discipleship on your mother's side affect you and affect the family? 
Well, unfortunately, she made some very poor choices and got involved in in some very imbalanced Christians. I wouldn't even say they were Christians, some of them. Um, the, The head of the cultish group that, you know, she exposed us to, in my opinion, was from the pit of hell. And she just had never really had any balanced Christians in her life um, at that point and got exposed to, in my opinion, very controlling, very manipulative people who kind of used Christianity in a way that really sickened me. And so as a result, you know, it divided our family. It caused all kinds of issues in the home. And unfortunately, it didn't lead to peace in the home at all. And it also caused a lot of division and separation in our home. And thankfully, though, by God's grace and through, um, you know, just the people that he placed into my life, uh, I was able to you know, get to a place of being around healthy, balanced people and Christians. He brought in those types of people to me, but there was a lot of years and a lot of heartache and struggle that, you know, I went through and as a result made some not so great decisions. It took me even separating myself from Christians, not even wanting to be a Christian. When my mom ventured into this cultish group, the, the, the people were very um, imbalanced, unstable. I can't even explain it. If you know anything about Scientology. I've heard of it. I've heard of it. Okay. Well, I'll, all I can real, all I can say is that it was a very mini type of Scientology setup. I, I don't know how else to explain it. You know, right now there's Uh, a woman who's come out of Scientology that is actually putting um, uh, on A&E. She is interviewing former Scientologists and she's trying to get the word out on the street of what this religion is all about. But I can only equate some of my background to that. Yeah. Well, let's, let's actually go there a little bit. What if someone asks you, what is Scientology? What, what are we dealing with here? Well, I would say it's a religion, but, it isn't a religion that is about a personal deep relationship with God or treating. It's about control. It's about manipulation. It's about getting people to do, you know, what you want them to do for an agenda that you're trying to push forward. Because of the actions of your mom and this group that, that she was a part of, did you ever shift that blame onto God? I just didn't see God as a loving God. I didn't see Christians as very loving people. And it wasn't until later on when I was in my late 20s that I began to really develop a uh, relationship with Jesus Christ, a, a deep one, you know, where I put him on the throne and surrendered my life to him and let him lead me and guide me and, you know, started really understanding who Jesus was and really seeing, you know, the whole uh, journey of Christianity in a different way, different light. Um, I, I felt that because of my call that God has had in my life to 
start Altered Stories Ministry and to further his kingdom and to proceed forward as an outward facing Christian and helping women heal and getting them through struggles. And I just felt like Satan knew what my call would be and what light I would be bringing into this world. And I think he was trying to, as hard as he could, to dim it or to get me to turn away from what God's purpose was for me in helping women heal. You said you didn't see God as a very loving God, and and then you know you, that 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 you didn't see Christians as very loving, and yet when you read the Bible, that's what it is. It's a love story. So, but I think a lot of people really do make that mistake where they're like, "Yeah, but the God I see and the God that I'm being told about do not ma- match up." In fact, I'm reading a book or rereading a book currently um, called "Refrain" by uh, Brian Brian Harden. And it actually talks about the actual uh, frames or boxes that we place God in. I mean, and and how many times do we build these boxes about how we think God should be or who we think he is when that is that can't be further from the truth? The word of God, it just wasn't while I was immersed in this, I was, you know, pushed into all these legalistic acts that were totally against everything that that brought me joy in my life. I mean, we weren't allowed to have friends with others outside our group. We weren't allowed to celebrate uh, certain holidays. We had to wear dresses to our knees. We could not wear makeup. We were not allowed to watch television. It was all about cultural to a world that I was immersed living in. And at the age I was at, a lot of different kids, I mean, all they want to at that age is they're they're building their identity. They're building who they are. They they're trying to be accepted. And all I could see was I didn't want to be different. And everything that was going on in my life that brought me joy was being taken because of this belief that the way we were living was how God wanted us to live and to separate us away from others. And that is totally not biblical at all. It strikes me it would be so easy to say, well, if that's the kind of God that that really exists, I don't want anything to do with him. Well, I did. I mean, I I reached a point where, you know, it was like, I was one way when I was around my mom and these group of what I would call so-called Christians. And then I was one way when I was, you know, in school, you know, just to keep sane. And it was a very difficult, it was very hard for a child in my age to go through, you know, that when you're still evolving and growing. Um, Well, I started, I was exposed to this one my mom started getting involved when I was like seven, six, seven. And then I was in it until I was like 12, until my mom chose to walk away. And my dad had, you know, my dad had to be um, called that out of, you know, the military. And he was um, brought home. He had an emergency leave he had to take because of the issues that were going on on the home front and the stress that was causing in our family. 
um, my brother had actually, I, I can't tell my brother's story. Um, but you know, all I can say is that it, it, it usurped the whole family unit from seven to 12 years old. That w- that had to be a very tumultuous, uh, difficult time. So what age did you decide to come back and say, all right, this isn't about being in a cult. This is about a relationship with God. And then how did that lead into you uh, forming altered stories? I would say I was about 28, 29, the birth of my daughter. I, unfortunately, when you don't heal from brokenness, when you aren't quite understanding everything that's going on or has gone on, you sometimes make poor decisions. And unfortunately, you know, I stepped into a marriage that was really not a very healthy marriage and got pregnant with my daughter. And during that time, my marriage ended. It was at that point in time that I began reevaluating everything in my life. And I had moved into a role as a single parent. And that is when I began the journey of understanding the call that God had in my life for helping women heal, helping women through um, divorce, helping them, you know, through, uh, you know, different circumstances, uh, rejection, and also, you know, through home brokenness and through, you know, their loss of faith and also helping women you know, who had been through an abortion, you know, there was just a lot of, there's a lot of areas that I felt God calling me to. So I, I started partnering with women in ministry and was asked to speak at conferences and then started helping women facilitate issues through retreats, Christ-centered theme retreats. When I was on the board of r and retreat ministries in Denver. So what I'm saying is, you know, there's God started opening doors of ministry as I started to put him on the throne. As I started going through the healing process, he actually started bringing people into my life and opening my eyes and leading me to full emotional healing and, you know, the ability to begin to use what he had done for me to help other women, especially. And that's, you know, the journey that brought me to even in the workplace, in my career, as you know, I was involved in women's leadership groups, and being part of, you know, women's ministry in the church and volunteering. And, you know, God just continued to grow my influence there. And then I felt the call when I was at Compassion International, full calling. And I, you know, at that point in time, I transitioned out of corporate America, working in faith-based organizations. And that's when God said, I, I want you to, through your uh, communication, through technology platforms, to please help me further who I am, help further who I am, bring women to a place of healing, let them be heard, let them, because I had a story and I didn't even know how to get it out. I just felt like I was walking around with all this inside of me and I needed to communicate it and get it out and let other women know that through their struggles, God provides hope. 
and he brings hope and he brings healing and he can take all your shattered pieces and bring them together for his glory. And we don't have to exist in our past, you know, that we can go forward. God is a good God. And and he just started showing me who he was through his word and through um, people he brought across my path and the blessings he brought into my life and the healing. And it's amazing. There may be someone who is listening who hears that and goes, that's a good idea. I mean, I, I, I would like the idea of it, but you don't know my story. And I don't know if God could even come into where I'm at right now. What would you say to that person? You know, what I would say is that we serve an awesome God. Our God is an amazing God, a God who loves us so much that he gave his only begotten son who came to earth as God-man. And he died on a cross for our sins. He bore our sins on the cross. He endured incredible amounts of pain and suffering for us. And I can't imagine the God I know as a God that couldn't come into anything and help Diggy from the bottom up. If he could redeem my story, if he could take the disappointments, the hurts, you know, the abuse, all the pieces shattered from my story, even though I, you know, I wasn't to the depths of of brokenness in terms of drug addiction, but I had lots of hurts and lots of disappointments and lots of challenges and lots of struggles. And yet God redeemed them. And he brought in new people into my life. He brought in a husband who loved me for who I am, took me in and took my daughter and is my biggest fan and support system. And he brought me to, you know, ministries and enabled me to be able to serve and using my gifts and for his glory, you know, to, and I would say there's hope. There's always hope. There's, you know, there's so many people out there that want to see you succeed and help you through. And there's so many stories of women out there that have been through the ringer and have come up, whether it's through cancer, whether it's through addictions, whether it's through, you know, healing from, you know, just domestic violence, all kinds of things. But we serve an amazing God, a God that is so big and nothing is too big for him. And the word says that the Bible has so many stories of where God has redeemed people. And we know Job and the journey he went through and the difficulty and everything that was taken and how he w- God brought back and restored back to him. He will honor our righteousness to him when you open up your heart and you let him take your hand and he'll walk with you through the hardest, hardest things. And he'll never leave you. He's so faithful. God is so faithful. You know, the thing that strikes me um, is, one, it means admitting that he is who he says he is. But even more so, I think a lot of people struggle with, but I can't trust him because when I trust, I get hurt. And that's whether 
you're talking about him or you're talking about people, I can't open up those areas. There is no way. I'm not letting anyone in there because if I let anyone in there, then you get hurt. You know, then it seems to be a uh, contrast of God says this, but the world screams this. Has that been your experience as well? Yes, Teresa, it, it has at times, you know, I had to go through stress management counseling and undergo all types of, um, you know, counseling through the years as I went through and tried to came out of the, you know, the cult that I was exposed to and, you know, the lack of trust that I had, even that came through that and also through a marriage where you know, there was unfaithfulness. And, you know, just also to having a parent who exposed you to things that most parents wouldn't have, but, you know, giving them grace and knowing that they probably didn't intentionally do that, but got themselves in a mess. So God came in, you know, to my story and helped me, you know, see and open my eyes to things that give me the ability to forgive and to help me through my trust in him to be able to trust him. That's the key. People will fail you. They're going to disappoint. And all I can say is God never disappoints. And so for me, it's taking my hand and trusting him. I've had to do that in marrying again. I had to do that you know, through this journey of, of Altered Stories ministry and the launch and going forward and moving into a new community and, you know, allowing him to work and putting who I am out there and trusting others that they have the best intentions, you know, for you. But, it, you know, I, I just have learned and that God never disappoints. He never will leave you. He never will fail you. He is faithful to what he says he's going to do. And when, you know, my husband, my first husband, he left when I was pregnant with my daughter. I didn't think I could ever trust another man again. God said, you're going to trust me in this journey, Michelle. You know, I'm going to show you who I really am. It's just fully trusting God. And it's hard. I mean, there's times, don't get me wrong, there's warfare and there's times when it's like, oh, you know, it's the doubt. The enemy wants to come in and cause you to doubt things all the time. Did God really say that? He really doesn't love you. How can you possibly believe him? Come on. I mean, yeah, I totally that. I mean, that's, hey, yeah, I think that's every single Christian worth their salt goes through a period like that because, you know, the enemy just loves to rip us a new one and 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 tear up our minds. I mean, that's 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 part of the the that's part of this fight. That's part of the game. And you know, so I you know I'm I commend you for coming to this place. Um, and you know, and putting yourself out there. I, you know, I can tell you from experience that is that is difficult, especially when you're talking about I'm going to get behind this mic and I'm going to share the story of where God has brought me out of. I feel called to it. And uh, if I don't do it, how can I expect other women to do that, you know, and come forward and be brave and have the courage to share? I mean, I have six episodes out there on Altered Stories right now, ministry uh, podcasts. And, you know, each one of those women 
have an incredible story and I have a pipeline of women that just they're there. It's now coming out of the woodwork and we have to be brave enough to go out there. And there's so many brave people out there that, you know, we have to look at the bigger picture. And if we're, if we're, if we're doing this to bring glory to God, to attest who he is and that he is real and he's involved in our lives and he cares about us. And Today, people would never even imagine that I had the background that I have. I mean, they, they would never know that I came out of where I came out of and the struggles and, and how hard it was and how difficult and the insecurities and, you know, the rejection and the poor decision making. And, and then, you know, me completely turning my back on God, like, you know, just not even thinking, you know, that. I wanted anything to do with Christianity. It's a miracle in itself. As my audience knows, after losing my mom and my sight, I, it, you know, in the span of one week, uh, I pretty much told God to bug off. <laughs> I was like, yeah, we're done and you're done. I want nothing to do with you. And I spent five years running from him and got heavily addicted to text-based gaming, which nearly destroyed my marriage. And I came back to him about three years ago and this ministry came out of that in the sense of there was a lot of unresolved unanswered and unsettled areas and questions in my life and you know it first started with god telling me to write a book and then i went uh not only no but heck no and he's like well if you're not willing to write a book yet you can do a podcast okay then (laughs) so i Totally get where you're coming from there. So let's move into ultimate stories. What is it that you hope to accomplish with this? Okay. Well, thank you so much for asking that, Teresa. Um, First and foremost, just I want women to heal. I want them to be healed and be heard. I want them to be able to be all that God wants them to be and to be really relative and to be all. They need to be at home as wives, mothers, also as business leaders, community leaders, business owners. Uh, I want them to be emotionally healthy. I think our world is broken. And I think it's because there's a lot of women and men, but my heart is for women that are withdrawn. They're afraid to speak up. They've been hurt. They've been burned. They've been, for whatever reasons, they have endured very hard things. And if there's anything I can do, I want to leave this as a legacy to my daughter, who I love with all my heart, but she was brought into brokenness. When when she was brought in, she was brought in. I was divorcing her dad and I. God, of course, restored and brought in my husband to raise her. And she couldn't ask for a better role model for a stepfather than my husband and Christian man. But I will say this. I want to see women come to great emotional health so they can be all that God purposed them to be. And I want them, you know, to know that there's a God that cares for them, loves them, will take their broken pieces, no matter where they're at, whatever they've done, wherever they've been, Jesus, he was a a model for, for that, you know, with Mary Magdalene. And I just want them to know what I know and the freedom that I have. And I want um, women all across the world to be able to have this freedom in all cultures and all countries. 
I, I just have this evangelizing heart and this, this deep driving desire to help women share their stories to be heard so others can be encouraged so that they can also grow in their faith or encourage others or they can be healed to move forward and be everything that God wants them to be and purpose them to be. I did not grow up in the sense of, oh, I'm going to go be feminine and play with Barbies. No, I was the tomboy. I was the one that wanted to go build forts. And I think that that tends to, with a lot of people, a lot of women that go that direction, they're like, okay, I don't want to expose myself to hurt. So I'm just going to toughen up. Life is hard. You deal with it. You move on. Is that something you've seen in in your uh, experience? I just have seen a variety of women from all backgrounds, you know, and all different experiences. Those that have been women sometimes can get really hard in the flesh. They're not the most loving and they can, you know, be mean, like, you know, mean girls, you know, I mean, they can be really, really catty um, and sometimes jealous. And, you know, women sometimes do things that hurt other women too. And they don't always support women. They don't always. And I just feel like there's a lot of that that is that others have endured. And because of it, you know, they just have withdrawn. Now, I do know in the Christ body, in the Christian faith, there's a lot of that too. I, you know, I'd love to see more Christian women loving on each other. It's, you know, just, you know, even in secular, you know, you you don't always see that women supporting women, but God blessed me, thankfully, in the corporate world with women that wanted to support me, believe in me, that helped me and helped me become the leader I am today. There are women, even in the Christian faith today, that you know, have mentored me, who shared their learnings, who have ministries. But then there are still women in the Christian faith that struggle with women's success in their ministries. That They don't understand we're all in it collectively together. We're all in it for the body of Christ to evangelize Jesus. It's not a competition. We're here to do that. We're all called to be able to glorify God in our work and what we do. And so, you know, that's a thing. When I was at Compassion, we we did do these once a month meetings and we brought women speakers in and they were to uplift the women and the women in ministry that were, you know, giving so much for the mission of Compassion, which is to release children in Jesus name out of poverty. I mean, I saw women had a hard time coming together. You know, and even women in the ministry, they were struggling with liking each other because there had been, you know, the flesh had come in. All I know is I want to see God be glorified in everything I do and through others. And I want women to feel safe to be able to share their stories and, um, I want to help uplift women and encourage them in their faith journeys. So that's, I'm hoping that is how, how the ministry will, will continue to go forward. And, you know, we're talking about putting on our website, a place for women to share prayer requests. There's places where they can go out on there and share their stories on why 
you know, we are putting blogs out there for faith building. I mean, I want our ministry to glorify God and I want it to help women share his work in their lives. And there's so much to be said when you can tell your story. And I think when God comes in and redeems and changes and alters your story, God even says, let it be known, go out there. You know, I don't know if you know of that scripture right off the top of your head. The, there is an evangel- so many different scriptures in the word about evangelism, but God wants us to be in community. He wants us to share what he's doing in our lives to uplift others. What I hear is that, yes, things are rough, but there is healing and there is hope. I think that's what I want to leave this song, guys. Um, you know, Michelle has a heart for women to share their story and to show that there is healing. You know what I'm about. You know that I'm about answering life's most difficult questions. I also believe that there is a God that can meet anyone and everyone where you're at, no matter what that looks like. So, Michelle, thank you so much for coming on the show. Oh, you're welcome. I just, what a blessing. And I hope what I shared today is uplifting, you know, Teresa. And I mean, I know God is real and I know he works in our lives and he loves each and every one of us deeply. And no matter where we're at, and it's hard. I mean, it's hard sometimes to let go and let God, but when you do, he will not fail you. Amen. And you know, it's, it's when you extend that hand out and you let him take it, that's when you start to really encounter not a religion, but you encounter this, this God who wants us. He doesn't want to know about us. He want he doesn't want us to know about him, but he wants to encounter us and not leave us the same way we came to him. So <laughs> that's, yeah, that is, that is the one thing God is showing me. So guys, this has been a really cool time of just talking about one woman's story of healing. And you know what, wherever you're at, I believe he can do that for you too. If you need any kind of help or you want to talk or you just have questions, you can reach out to me at Teresa at unresolved.life. I want to hear from you. I want to be that person that you can reach out to and go, hey, I need help in this area. And I will do my very best to help. And with that, this has been the Unresolved Life Podcast. I'm Teresa Blaze, and we will speak again next time. You've been listening to the Unresolved Life Podcast. To catch all our past shows, go to unresolved.life. That's unresolved.life.